Hey y'all, it's Jana. This week's episode is really special. Um, this week, in my place, I will not be on this episode other than what you're hearing right now, is The Rev. Laura uh, interviews Jeff, and they kind of, you know, chat together, obviously, and have a really good conversation about what adoption looks like, um, you know, from the husband slash father's perspective, and, um, you know, them as a couple and their family and what all that looks like. So I am excited to listen, just like you guys. I think uh, it's really neat to hear a man's perspective um, in a field that seems to really be talked about mainly among women. So um, I'm excited for you guys to listen. I'm excited to listen myself. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much and thank y'all for just walking this journey with them and praying for them. And um, we love you guys. So enjoy this episode. Okay, so happy, super happy to be here with the Rev today. Uh, we are talking about adoption and thought it might be, we've talked a lot about adoption over the last, how long have we been doing this? Two years, I guess. Um, and you've only heard really my perspective on it. I don't even think we talked about it in the first episode, did we? I don't remember talking about it. I don't think so, when we did the marriage episode. So we thought it might be interesting, helpful for some of you maybe that are considering adoption or walking through hard times in adoption to hear about the process from the dad perspective, the dude version of adoption. <laughs> So we wanted to invite Jeff to come and share some of his thoughts. But before we get started, for those of you who are new, Jeff is my husband. I am your husband. How long have we been married? 16 and a half years. <laughs> is that right? That is so correct. I was 16 or 17. Our anniversary will be this summer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 16 glorious years. And Jeff is also a pastor. So if you've listened to us for a while, sometimes we reference things that he helps clarify for us. He is an ordained United Methodist minister. Thus, we call him the Rev. Mm. <laughs> you may recognize his voice from the end. We still use his Settle down, girl. <laughs> at the end of the podcast uh, from our very first attempt at recording. So, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to be here with you, Laura. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. I know how much you love doing things like this. Can you see it? It's the joy is written all over my face, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, the things we do because we love people. Happy to share, happy to maybe offer some encouragement or help to yeah. anybody who might be listening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so anything you wanna anything else you wanna add before we jump into like the adoption story? Anything anybody needs to know about you? Not a thing. <laughs> He's really way more interesting, y'all, I promise. Getting a haircut today. No, yeah. cut the curls, cutting the curls. Anyway, it's weird. We both have curly hair, but neither of the boys ended up with curly hair. It's mm -hmm. like kind of wavy, but anyway, we digress. Okay, let's talk about adoption. Yeah. Okay, so I thought we might start with talking about 
our adoption story because over the last few years, our listeners have been able to hear pieces and parts and some of the whole story sometimes in an episode, it kind of comes out, but let's talk about it. I'm going to let you tell our adoption story. I can, I'm almost as excited as you guys are to hear this. So Jeff's going to tell our adoption story. And- uh, it'll probably be a lot shorter than your version, I imagine. <laughs> but, uh, so, Laura started planting seeds about adoption long before my heart was ready to receive them. Um, something that she always kind of had a heart for. And, uh, uh, you know, I was a Christian person, so I knew I was supposed to have a heart for orphans. So... I was all about, you know, supporting those who uh, did adopt and adoption agencies and all that. But, uh, you know, doing it with your own home and your life and your family is a step that I did not feel called to take for a long time. Uh, But uh, again, I guess just something that God softened my heart uh, to over a period of probably several years before I was willing to, uh, to say, Eleven. Eleven, to be exact, guys. <laughs> Go ahead. Before I was willing to <laughs> consider it as a possibility. And, you know, once you start something as a possibility with my wife, <laughs> there's really no turning back from there. And so, so the floodwaters let loose at that point, and it's, uh, I told her to, to get it done, and she basically did. And I'm just along for the run. Wow. <laughs> that wasn't much shorter. There you go. Let me talk about the paperwork. Let's talk about the paperwork for a minute. The paperwork involved in adoption. I had to sign so many blanks <laughs> and initial so many places that were highlighted and the little arrow uh, stick it notes were placed right where I was supposed to. So there's no telling what I signed. Um, we'll probably find out later uh, what all I signed away. Uh, <laughs> She probably slid all kinds of stuff in there. <laughs> About to move to my house in the islands. <laughs> I didn't do a whole lot of reading. She accused me of not reading the book, but I did read the book mm. about uh, the connected children. That was the one thing I felt important enough to read. Um, but as far as all the paperwork and stuff, I had to ask her a lot of questions that she felt like I should probably already know the answers to because I should have read it as well, but I didn't because I knew she had and she would do a good job of, of mm-hmm. walking me through it and getting everything done that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of signatures, a lot of initials, a lot of pictures, pictures, passports and such. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about the decision to change countries midstream? Yeah, that was a tough one. Of course, yeah, we started off obviously in Haiti. Most of you probably already know because Laura had several connections there. I had connections there um, through mission work that we had done. And I uh, just felt God leading us there. And then uh, when that change was suggested to us, it was a bit of a time of searching and praying and wondering what God was up to there, uh, but we did feel like God was up to something, and so just felt like it was the next uh, step in uh, acting out in obedience to our faith that he was in control of the whole deal from from the get-go, so. Yeah, that I think uh, I still think about that 
our powwow at the kitchen table. Do you remember that mm-hmm. in Knox Pater? Yeah. When you said, you know, we don't have to have it all figured out. We just have to do the next right step, next right thing. The next was, obedient step. Yeah. Which is, Which is, that's true for all of us, whether you do an adoption or or not. That was good. Good word, Rev. Mm. What were what were some of the hardest parts for you in the adoption journey? The, as before a dude. we've gotten to this point, before yeah. just the, the uh, just the uncertainty. Mm. Honestly, I don't know if you're gonna. You might want to edit this part out. You said y'all don't edit much, but uh, <laughs> uh, the hardest part for me in the process and when we get to now is probably been. Uh, you, you've been the hardest part, just watching the pain that you had to go through and the struggle that you did. And because, you know, again, you were the one doing all the work and you were the one, uh, just agonizing so much over, I honestly just kind of felt more calm through the whole thing, knowing it was going to happen when it happened. And, uh, yeah, it did get frustrating for me as well over the years of waiting and wondering and not being matched yet. And then once we were matched, even waiting and then more the world, frustration. The and world shut down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you uh, you took it a lot harder than I did. Every every bump along the road seemed like you felt it twice as hard as I did. And so that was that was tough mm-hmm. to, uh, to watch you. And then there's the guilt that comes along with, well, why am I not? So, no, 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 as, as hurt and, and heartbroken by all this as you are. So I always just wondering, you know, is my heart not really in this? Uh, and that's, a, again, it's a pretty big life step for your heart not to be fully in. And so that's worrisome and, and all that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> what about your... <laughs> Uh, and some things I'm going to find out today that I've never heard before, guys. So mm. that's cool. Um, so what you said you're, you had some hesitations. What, what were some specific hesitations that you felt like you had to overcome to take? Well, in the beginning, I just felt, you know, as a father, I just felt my greatest calling was to be a father to my children, uh, more so than to be a, a pastor. Uh, or any other vocation or anything else I did. I just felt like that's probably the highest calling one can have if you are called to do that. And I just, just always had this feeling that, uh, you know, how how our human view of love is like everything else. There's a limited quantity, and if you, you divide it out among more people, then there's less to go around. And I didn't want to negatively affect the children I already had uh, by by making this decision that, that might do that to them mm-hmm. was my biggest, probably my biggest. And I, again, I haven't told anybody but you this, uh, <laughs> but at the beginning when we did, 11 years ago, I said, opened the, the floodgates to this whole process. I said, you know, I'm not sure that I will be, ever be able to love an adopted child as much as I love my my two boys and but I also said but I don't think that should be a deal breaker Mm -hmm. uh, that makes us stop because I mean I still feel like I I can certainly love and care for this child and it's a good thing to do and I prayed that I would one day and you know that's certainly happening in my heart and so uh, but that was my biggest hang-up that you know 
for my boys and for the 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 child we ended up adopting i was i was worried mm. it wouldn't be fair to either either one mm. do you i've shared before that i feel like Christina, our niece from the Dominican coming home, mm. was a big kind of turning point for you. Would you agree with that? Like the, no doubt, no doubt, yeah. And um, what did that look like, feel like for you? Why, why do you feel like that was? Just watching that family, you know, be able to love her. And then, you know, I loved my nephew and niece already too very much. And um, they seem to to be um, doing pretty well with it, enjoying mm-hmm. it, loving it, loving her. Mm-hmm. And uh, even through, and I got to see the real deal, you know, the hard parts and the good parts. And but the, again, that's just mm-hmm. part of the family now. Mm-hmm. So. And then I think for me too, at, well, just watching that was, you know, we love Christina the same way that we love Willie and Ruby and Zach and Reagan, our other nieces and nephews. I think that was a good to be that close. You know, it's I think feel like it's different when it's your it's different when it's your family than when it's your friends, right? Yeah. Like you, I don't know. For me, yeah. it was anyway. But I've always obviously idolized and looked up to my big brother. So the fact that he did it, I was like, well, maybe I guess maybe I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> or at least maybe jealous of him. Try to do it. Uh, he did it. So I don't know. However, we got here. Um, yeah, your version was much shorter. Okay, so <laughs> as as are most stories that we share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's. One of the hardest parts for me, I think, obviously, the waiting was the single most hardest part. But like as far as specific things in the process, I think the matching part was really hard for me. Yeah, that was tough. How many did we go to before we got to? I don't know. I, just, I don't. I know there was one that I was all about and you weren't. There was one that you were kind of okay with and I was like, no, not in a million years. And <laughs> a couple more that neither one of us were felt good about. Uh, I just I think uh, we were much more willing to, to or felt like we would be able to handle uh, physical uh, handicaps or, or special needs rather than emotional and mental. Of course, you don't really know mm-hmm. a whole lot about that, and you can't, but uh, as far as developmental and stuff, uh, we felt like for our family, um, we would be... yeah. Uh, yeah, especially our boys. We wanted to make sure that, you know, we weren't burdening them with a lifetime full of uh, uh, mm-hmm. having to, to care for someone mm-hmm. in that way. Uh and not that, let, let me clarify that. We know that God God is in the details. And if we had brought home a child with significant special needs, our boys would have come to love him or her. No, we would send them back. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> gosh. Did we not talk about that? Did we send them back? Did that happen? I thought we had talked about that. Good grief. Um, but that we, uh, they would come to love him or her and that it wouldn't be, we use the word burden, um, because again, we're coming at it from our earthly mindset. We know that, that that's not what it would have been for, for our boys long term. I mean, we, we, 
obviously. Oh yeah, that went into our decision making, yeah. viewing it that as it as it could possibly be right. Yeah, a burden for them that they didn't necessarily sign up for. I mean, we did right. ask them about all this and all, but you know, they were good eight boys, and, and eight they're gonna they're gonna say whatever makes <laughs> mom and dad happy, probably. Yeah. And they were eight and five. They're not thinking about what their life looks like when they're true, 40, true. taking care of a... Yeah. Um, but I think once we saw Anaya and saw the file, I don't think there was any hesitation from either one of us. I felt like we had, mm-hmm. had met our daughter. Yeah, like a sense of peace yeah. that we both had, that we hadn't had in the other. But it was hard. It was, it was, that was really emotional. Um, like... Maybe more so than any other part because it just, it felt, it felt heavy. I don't know. Did you feel that or were you easy? Were you able to not get attacked? I was scared at that point more so than before because until (laughs) I was very guarded with my heart because I could see how much pain you were being because you had (laughs) let your heart go to all kinds of places that I was just like, I'm just not going to let my heart go there uh, because I don't want to feel as much pain as you're feeling right now. And uh, so and at that point, it did become real. But And I was tempted to say, well, that's my daughter. And by golly, if I have to paddle a kayak to India to go <laughs> kidnap her out of the country, uh, I could have let my heart go there, you know, and then I would have been in pain and, and turmoil like Laura was the whole time, but I just didn't let my heart go there. I always held a reservation back that, you know, this still could go wrong. This still could not happen. And then when COVID started, I was like, well, you know, this still, I know she's technically my daughter, Uh but until she's on an airplane off the ground in India headed back (laughs) toward America, then I'm not going to let my heart go to certain places because never know what could happen. And mm-hmm. and what if just think about it with one of your children was uh, was trapped in, in India and you couldn't bring her home with you. Mm-hmm. That, would, that would probably crush me and I'm not sure I could handle that. So, mm-hmm. so until we, we left off the ground in India, I was, uh, I was still holding back some, <laughs> some places I was intentionally not letting my heart uh, be open to. Mm-hmm. But, but when that happened, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Wheels up. Mm-hmm. I feel. I think that's really. I'm really glad that you shared that because I think that's really. I wish you had shared that in the process. I think that would have explained <laughs> a lot of differences in the way I reacted to things in the way that you seemed not apathetic, but just not as like. Yeah. Um. I mean, just like you said, like I things would happen and I would be completely crushed, and you were like. Okay, like it's just another bump in the road, and I was like, "Why does he not? <laughs> Why does he not care?" But to know now that you have said that, that's helpful to look back on those moments and have kind of that perspective. So, if you're in the process and you're listening to this, and your husband is <laughs> not not responding to things, maybe that could be could be the thing. So. Okay, so we matched. We survived COVID. Mm. That was, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was like crazy fast, right? Yeah. So we went from in January, uh, <laughs> thinking we were traveling like mid February ish. Mid February was what we kind or of, or even had. later. Yeah, I mean we to like. <laughs> 
okay, we're leaving at the end of the month. Yep. All yep. In, in about 48 hours, too. Yep. So that was that was quite a whirlwind to get ready for all that. Of course, yeah. you have to get your tests within a certain amount of hours of your planes leaving. You had to make sure your flight doesn't go through any other countries. And Yeah. So you did I a good job never, of that. I got all that arranged. You got for all us. that arranged. Got our arrangements. Pieces of paper that I had to do. <laughs> I let them put the thing in my nose. <laughs> wait, let's. It was let's, really wait, my wait, nose. Wait, wait, wait. hold they, on. They Before we even get to that, just just back up just a second. So let's talk about the in-country experiences okay. in India. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to just ask you and see what you say. This is not planned. What do you think my biggest hesitation about going to India was? Your biggest hesitation, I figured, would be the food and lack of Dr. Pepper. Definitely. That was my biggest hesitation. Now, what was your very favorite thing about going to India? I really enjoyed the food there. I really did. I appreciated the cuisine. I looked over at Jeff. Was it, uh, we were, with the day we went to the Taj Mahal? That we. Where I looked over at you and you were literally sweating because oh, you were. <laughs> I like spicy food. I like it. It hurts me, but I, but I enjoy it. And we've had, we've taken Anaya to eat Indian food in Mobile since and oh, had the same thing. I look over, he's sitting right next to me. I look over, they're like sweat beads running down his face. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> he loved the food. Um, we stayed at the Hilton Garden. Hilton Garden? No, we didn't stay at the Hilton Garden. Hyatt Regency. Hyatt Regency. We were going to stay at the Hilton Garden. Yeah, I think it was, it was the bathtub is what sealed yes. the deal. Yes, Because we wanted to be able to play with her in the bathtub. And she loved it. Yeah. And she was she loved that, so I'm glad that we did that. Got her in the swimming pool, which was freezing cold, yeah. which, again, this is uh, uh, this is not the only time this happened. She, she, she will... Uh, go through some pain of her own for things she enjoys because she was freezing and shivering that she did not want to get out. And that's been the case in another, uh, when we went to the beach uh, last week, that was also the case in the pool. She was freezing, talking about how cold she was and try to get her out of the pool and dry her off. She was, wouldn't have any of it. So, uh, so yeah, she, she and I understand <laughs> each other that way. She'll go sit in the river in North Carolina with you, I bet, too. I bet, I bet she will. Um, so, yeah, so the swimming pool opened at our hotel, like, two days after we got there or something. Yeah. It had been closed for COVID. They got it ready, and she had been watching it, looking at it, playing next to it, and then it was free, and Jeff Jeff got in there with her um, for all of about five minutes, and then um, I had to get out, but... That was that was a good moment mm-hmm. for y'all. That was like. playing in the yard. She finally, uh, when when she realized I would play with her and pick her up and throw, swing her around, mm-hmm. that was helpful. I was very. Wait, wait, wait. We need to we need to back up a little bit. Where are we going? Back we like to? jumped right into like day three of. Uh, let's back up and talk about going to the saw. Are we going chronological here? Well, I was just trying to make it make sense. <laughs> yeah, we did went to the saw and uh, <laughs> everything was kind of a whirlwind there. I wish I could have that experience back yeah. because I just wasn't ready for how quickly they got us in and out of there. I wish I had tried to dig a little deeper, not knowing that we were leaving so fast. Certain questions I would have liked to see about her, you know, daily routine, her schedule, yeah. her diet. They just, they're just... It felt it did her living quarters. I, I mean, there's so much. I wish I could go back right now and just 
ask take a tour see, and, yeah. and see what her life was like more but we were just taken off guard and not prepared for that at all and it was i will say this it was late in the afternoon it was like 3 three thirty in the afternoon um and so it felt like they were like okay end of the day let's get this over with she was like kind of pulling us out the door yeah she didn't want to stay there any longer but she um, did i mean she she said goodbye had obviously had some friends that she loved and appreciated she still sees the video on my phone of, mm-hmm. of her saying goodbye she tell me all their names and mm-hmm. and the picture smile in her, her room. face and, and all that so uh-huh. we had, she was ready to go she was she was very ready but we didn't i i agree that was that was uh we saw the chapel was pretty much all that we saw we didn't see like where she slept or even really where she ate where we saw like one room the office and the chapel and the courtyard mm-hmm um, and I feel like there were so many questions that we should have, would have asked if we had had more time, but it did feel very rushed. But all that to say, <clears throat> I think that's from what I'm hearing from other families right now. Some of that is COVID related. Like they don't really mm-hmm. want a lot of, <laughs> one, it didn't want a lot of people. Yeah. Anyway, those next two nights were probably the toughest for me so far mm. uh, because obviously, and I, and I was prepared for this and I wanted to make sure I didn't, you know, I wanted to respect her space and her boundaries because I knew she'd probably be standoffish. I was expecting that, which she was, um, clinging to her mama and, uh, and kind of wary of me. Which, you know, makes you wonder what kind of experience she's had with men in the past. You have no idea. Um, and But obviously all of her, most of her caretakers would have been women. I'm a big, big dude with big <laughs> bulging eyes. And uh, I didn't have the beard. Remember, I'd shaved it oh, off yeah, because of the passport pictures and all that. But, um, but I can still see how a young child might not want to just run up to me and be best friends all of a sudden. So I was very, I was trying to be standoffish as well, but trying to encourage her, let her know that I was welcoming, but I certainly didn't want to uh, force any contact or any proximity that I didn't think she'd be comfortable with. And it did take a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just that, but she, the thing that pissed me off more than anything over the next few days I thought we were. Oh, I'm thought, I thought we were being honest here. Are we not? Are we not in the tree in the safety the, with the, the word, birds? And, the word that you said. Well, we're well, in the, the room. That ang- I'm sorry. The thing that angered me so much. Sorry about at that, first, lady. it didn't bother me, but the more she kept doing it, and it took probably two or three weeks for her to stop doing it. It's been just in the last week or so when she stopped. Was just when she'd look at me and shake her head, just like. I refuse you as a human being. <laughs> you are not someone that I am willing to look at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. And I was like, and at first I like understood, but then uh, and after a few days of that, I'm just like, you're really making me angry. And I, <laughs> and I didn't like her. And I, I resented that. And then, of course, you have the guilt that comes along with this. You're like, hey, this is a five-year-old girl who doesn't speak your language. Uh, you should probably show a little more grace here. Uh, and so there's the guilt that realizes you're being an idiot by being angry, but then you can't stop because the next time you look at her, she just says, nope. And I, yeah. I, I didn't even say anything to you. Why are you shaking your head? <laughs> I'm not even asking. I'm just looking at you. You don't have to is, tell me no. Yeah. 
I think time, but I also think she and I have had some bedtime conversations too about choosing between people because yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. she, she really felt like she could only, it was like she, she could have mommy or daddy yeah. instead that, of mommy and daddy and that's or a good point because when we with got the boys. Home, we had made some progress that completely went back to square one when she met Riley because she really liked yes. Riley from, from, from the get go. And so it was almost like, didn't have to choose between me and you. Now she had to pick Riley or me. Yeah. And she certainly liked Riley better than me. But uh, again, in the last couple of weeks, last week or so, she, uh, I think it was last week, uh, was the first time it happened. She, I was the first person she saw in the morning. She walked up to me and it just somebody picked her up and gave me a hug first thing in the morning. I was like, all right, all right, you got this. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I knew it would get there, but again, you just have that. It's hard to just be rejected mm-hmm. over and over and not. That's my, I don't know, some people might get sad. That just makes, when somebody rejects me and doesn't like me, my instinct has always been to throw a defense up and say, well, I didn't like you first. <laughs> I don't like you. I don't want you to like me. Uh, and so anger and, and resentment and, and then the guilt that came mm-hmm. along with that. So. But I think too, I mean, it wasn't, she took it even to the, with the boy, she's, I've noticed, and that stopped. It's, I've explained to her, like, this is, this is your whole family. You have a mommy and a daddy and two brothers. You don't pick between your two brothers yeah. or your mommy and daddy. Like, it's, it's an all inclusive. You get to have them all. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, not, because I think that was hard for Eli too when he, she, she was doing that with him and Riley, mm-hmm. um, which I don't want to speak for him, but I mean, I think that was hard. So, yeah, Eli's kind of the same way. Me, if you don't like Eli, he's like, Well, so what? I don't like you. Either. <laughs> and, and if you do like him, then he, the same person just starts to like him, he'll be like, Oh, you are cool. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, we're not going to let ourselves look look foolish by being the <laughs> only person in this dynamic that doesn't like the other one here. Uh, that's unacceptable. <laughs> Uh, so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so we spent, so we got, okay, so I feel like we should tell some of the funny stories too, because how about when we landed in Delhi and we're trying, we were trying to go to the wrong hotel. Oh, first night. <laughs> so terrible. I was so organized. And that was the worst thing. That was my biggest reservation is just not being able to speak the language, not being able to conduct business and get to where you needed to go and, and let <laughs> how much to pay for stuff. And so the first uh-huh. thing that happens to us right out of the back box, I, I feel like I got taken advantage of. I gave a cab driver $20 to take us to the dang airport. He just left us with the airport hotel. Yeah, we just basically drove around a few minutes and then went back to the other side of, of the, the airport, airport that he just, Which wasn't even our hotel and we ended up having to have someone from the hotel so right come pick us up. Out of the gate. And that was Laura's fault because you know she's the logistics person <laughs> on this and she was supposed to know all this. And so I was already mad at her before we even got to the hotel. Right now. Starting off, starting off well, and we were exhausted. It was a long day. And then we had to be up at seven o'clock the next, or had to be ready to leave at seven o'clock the next morning to get in the car. So it was not a great, it was not our finest start to the trip. So then we drove, we drove to um, Barilli where she was and we spent a night, one night? One night. Just one night? I thought we spent two nights. No, 
Okay, yeah, it was one night. We spent one night in Burley. So we went and checked in and then went to the... Uh-huh, you're right. Saw and then... And then left the next morning and, and went back to Delhi. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. So we spent one night there um, and then went back to Delhi and started the exit, the exit the country process while we're also trying to bond with her and mm. figure out what to feed her. That was fun. That was also a struggle. Um... This, this is where I'm just going to sum up Indian culture for you. Indian, the Indian mindset as I see it. I just feel like they're all overly optimistic. <laughs> overly confident. Uh, confident that things are just great and this country is awesome and everything works like it's supposed to. I feel like that's why Anaya was not surprised to get adopted and not... <laughs> Like, I feel like that was, seriously, I feel like she was just like, yeah, this is the way it goes. You get adopted by an awesome family, you get to go live an awesome life, and, and let's get out of here, and let's go. This is what, this was the plan all along. Well, but I think she had watched other, and the saw director said, she had said several times, she said she kept asking when it was her turn. Like, right. she had watched several exactly. of her that's friends. that's the Indian mindset. Like, what, <laughs> if she was a realistic and she would say, maybe it's not going to be my turn. But I feel like she was like, oh, yep, my turn. Here I go. Like it always was in the plans. <laughs> and, and that's awesome. Uh, some parts, but then the other parts, it's, it's like they're just so overly confident and things that they shouldn't be confident in, like the fact that their paperwork is all going to go through when they <laughs> say it is and through the email. And, you know, the guy. And then the email the, worked. The FRRO office that was in charge of getting us our, our exit permits uh, had to be called 18 times a day and then I had to walk half a mile down the uh, street to okay, when so we found talk, out his on, office on, was just next to our hotel. Time out. We got to we got to tell the story. Okay, so to leave India... You won't have to tell this story. You do. <laughs> to leave India, you have to have an exit permit. And that is like... The one thing that's kind of the unknown in the exit process, like the medical stuff, we knew pretty confidently that we were going to have it when we it's said. basically the reason you have to stay in the country for as long as you yeah. do. Because that's once you you're get your, your child, that's what you're waiting on is your exit permit so you can leave. So that was that was part of the reason we left so early on Wednesday to drive back is to start that process on Wednesday. And so um, we applied for them on Wednesday. Well, Monday morning, I have mine in my email. Um, we got the email, I guess it was Sunday, to pay for them. I paid for, for both of them, did all of that. Um, and then on Monday, which keep in mind, Monday was also the day in the midst of all of this that we got left at the embassy <laughs> by our driver mm, with mm. no cell phones. Mm. <laughs> So it was in the midst of all that. Monday was not our favorite day on the trip. So anyway, um, so I had mine. And so Jeff did not ever get his until we were already back in America. Two days later, I got the email with his exit permit. So we basically prayed our way through the and Delhi. And many of you did as And well, yeah, so. many of you who were following along prayed for us, prayed over us as we were trying to exit the country. So we had proof that it had been granted. I had a screenshot online, but I didn't have the actual piece of paper for Jeff. Um, and we just basically said, we're getting, we're, we're going, we're going to just do it. Um, and I was a champ in the airport. She was, she did exactly what she, 
you know, was stayed with us, held hands. Like she, she was a trooper. Um, she pushed the call button a bajillion times on the way home. So if you're listening to this and you are a flight attendant, I'm sorry, the flight attendant would just come down the aisle and say, did you need something? And I'd be like, um, no, she's like, your call button's on. I'm like, She's a but button. since we're doing this from my perspective, button pusher, yeah, <laughs> all right, is that what we're doing here? Yeah, where so, you you sat if you're two a rows, dude <laughs> and your wife is the one getting seats. Make sure you're available for that process when she's selecting seats on the flights because uh-huh. it worked out pretty good for me. Yeah. The flight home was long, but man, it was a lot better for me than it was for Laura because every flight, I believe, she and and I were together, but. Oh, I just couldn't seem to find a seat next to him for some reason. And I had to be a few rows away. And and that was okay. Mm-hmm. And then that was really okay. Was it? Was it? I slept good. Uh-huh. Stop. Stop talking right oh. now. Stop talking. Okay, so let's talk about your COVID test in country because that's kind of funny. So, <laughs> so... You may know because you've been listening that you to all the things going on in our world, but you have to have a COVID test to leave the country. Um, you have to have a COVID test to enter India, and then you have to have a COVID test to come back into the U.S. now. And so that um, we had someone come to our hotel to do our COVID test. Mm-hmm. So we go into this room kind of off the side of the lobby he like suits up, has his mask and his gloves and stuff, and so we all three have to have the COVID test. And guess who threw up? I'm just gonna give you. All in that. India, they don't just stick it in your nose; they <laughs> stick it down your throat, also. Uh, and I gagged. Was it two or three times? I don't know that he couldn't get it down enough for for him to get what he needed. So he had to 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 jam that thing in my throat at least a third, perhaps a fourth time, but the fourth time or third time, whichever the last time was, I didn't just gag. I uh, I did uh, vomit there on the floor of the room. To everyone's amusement, except him, he did not think it was funny. He did not think it was funny. And I thought it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. And me and that guy, I would like to have another word with him too. but, But everybody else thought it was great. Oh, so that was fun. That was that was good. And I got to learn about that. Um, she's making that noise. That was the first that honestly, that 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 was a huge for me because I was worried about her uh uh mental and emotional something because she had bumped her head and fallen and done several things where you would expect a child to cry out in pain. Um uh, but she obviously, I was worried, like, does she feel pain? Because she, honestly, there were some times I was like, how are you not screaming your head off in pain right now after just hitting your head the way you did or whatever? Because uh, well, we were obviously taking such good care of her. <laughs> but anyway, Let me just you say, know Jeff how kids is, do. Jeff is in, time, in charge of playtime. She did cry when she had her blood drawn. That was after this, though. This was, no, no, no. No, we had blood drawn on Thursday or Friday, and then COVID well, test no, was on Monday. She I got the video. This was the first time she cried. I remember oh. it. I remember it big time. Because, yeah, that was another thing, I guess. When she got stuck in blood drone, she didn't. She, like, flinched a little uh-huh. bit, but nothing else. Uh-huh. And then this, when that thing, so I stuck that thing in her nose, she actually cried for, like, a second and a half. And I was like, okay, 
There's, there's a real human in there. I'll let you take her for a shot that was, this week. That was big. If you need to experience it, if you need to I was there for her last shot when she cried. I, I was there. <laughs> the first one. She did go the second time. <laughs> let, me, let me make sure we have the statistics right on our, on our record sheet. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, another funny story. Another funny story. We're going to talk about the rugs. We have a brand new. I don't know why it's so what's so funny about Indian this story. Rug. <laughs> I honestly don't know what that so we could have played story. considerably less for, but Jeff was just so ready to get out of the store. Right, let me let me expose a little hypocrisy here, <laughs> if I may, to my wife who is so devoted to fair trade and paying workers a fair wage for their hard work all over the world. <laughs> she wanted to. Pay as little as possible for this gorgeous rug made in well, cashmere, India this by these handmade workers, and 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 she wanted to make sure we got as good a deal as possible. Well, I the thing was, to get out of there with that beautiful rug. That oh, you are. Mm-hmm. You just wanted to get out of there. Period. You could have well, just stopped this at his. <laughs> Anyway, that did not bother me paying fifty more dollars for that rug than we could have, because. But the thing was, he—that money's not going to those workers now, right? Because you know where that money went because you're an expert on how world commerce works. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, we also got to experience some cool cultural things. We got to go see the Lotus Temple. Lotus Temple. That was the Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal, way overrated. If you can get outside and take a picture of it from outside, it looks really cool. Uh, but other than that, I'm like, yeah. Seventh wonder of the world. One yeah. of the seven wonders of I the mean, world. I mean, it looks cool. <laughs> I guess you, it's cool to be able to look up at the at the details of the outside. But, you know, other than that, I'd take a video tour. I'd probably be in good shape without <laughs> having taken that three and a half hour ride there that, and back. That was a long trip. Uh, yeah. But anyway, it was cool. Okay, so we finally got out of the country. We passed our COVID test. Didn't have an exit permit for you, but we still got out. Um, and then we come home. Mm. We're home. We, um, funny story about coming home. So my sister-in-law, Stephanie, was with our boys at that point, and she brought them to the airport. We were coming to Mobile. And the boys were pretty jacked up, pretty excited, not only to see us, I think, but also to meet their sister. And uh, I came through the revolving door first. Mm. And as soon as I came through, the boys ran to me and apparently crossed a security line and locked Jeff and Anaya in the, <laughs> the revolving door. <laughs> yep. Big alarms sounding, <laughs> lights flashing. Welcome to America. <laughs> Big guys with guns. No, not really. But they got us out of there pretty quickly. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. Um, So we get home. We're home. What were some of the things that are most memorable about being home for you? Uh, The first night was cool. Watching her just absolutely freak out when she went uh, up to her room and just, you know, uh, her uh, immediate uh, getting along with the boys was was obviously pretty awesome. Um, yeah, that was that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, 
that, but that did again start the process of me getting <laughs> her my her head shaking at me every time <laughs> I would dare look her direction. So it's been like that from the beginning in country and then back home. It was like we'd take two steps forward, one step back. It's like we had to start the process of me gaining her trust all over again. Uh, but again, looking back on it. And at the beginning, if you had told me that, you know, after about a month, month and a half, y'all going to be good, uh, I would have been surprised that it took that short a time. And I'm happy, happy to have, uh, to, to have, that it only took as long as it has for she and I to be able to get that close. Mm-hmm. I think last week was a big week for y'all. She realized, I think, fully realized that you are, in fact, the fun parent. That I'm pretty yep. lame yep. when it comes to fun stuff. Uh-huh. Um, she likes to go outside and play uh-huh. whatever games she can think of. We play a lot of tennis in the, yard. In the driveway, uh, back and forth, just hitting the driveway and the ball. That seems to be her favorite. Mm-hmm. Got her a little uh, Fisher-Price basketball goal right the first couple of days. She's She's got a nice touch around the rim. <laughs> Uh, she's getting pretty good with her handles. Um, so but you yeah. took her. And you I, also took her down to the beach. It was cold and windy, and I, the beach, I didn't want any park, part of that. We played there. I've taken her. I take her to Walmart and put her in the big cool buggy. <laughs> it looks like a race car, and just take her around and you know, just kind of take her wherever. Mm-hmm. And again, all the while trying to respect her space and not, you know proximity let her make all the the moves toward me instead of all that and i think it has paid off because now she's doesn't seem to have any reservations about me i've given her bath time and bedtime now a couple times it's gotten easier every time first time there were thousands of tears and uh i had to finally uh give her about six benadryl to get her (laughs) (laughs) down Riley has been a big help uh, with bedtime, but uh, this last time she said mommy a thousand times, but she never cried and she never put up a fight. And all Riley had to do was come in one more time and give her a kiss goodnight and she was good to go. So I feel like we're we're there as far as maybe being able to give mom a night off every now and then, which is good. Take her golfing. She loves to go golfing with me and the boys because that's when she gets to free reign of my phone because that's mm. what keeps her occupied while we're playing golf mm-hmm. she likes to take pictures she likes to look at all the pictures at the end of each day i'm usually deleting about 100 <laughs> pictures each day but <laughs> she has some good shots she might have some talent as a photographer there she took one whole set of black and whites i don't know if I've told you. she got it on black and white somehow on there pretty nice <laughs> oh my gosh um Okay, so some good some good things there. We've been through some medical appointments. That's been fun, huh? Yeah, some doctors are okay. Some doctors are awful people. Okay. Like some, don't like some, but yeah. Gonna be all right. We went to the dentist. Dentist, yeah, her mouth. He could look in her mouth and tell that we were going to have to... Uh, be some probably painful work that has to go on in there and that we got that confirmed at the dentist that that's going to be very involved she has not had her teeth taken very good care of but it's just the next step in getting her healthy and where she needs to be 
And she started school. She's right down the hall from you. That was huge. Yeah. That was huge. Uh, again, our, I don't think either one of us, I think we had both agreed that it was not our intention to start her in any mm-hmm. kind of organized school with any other people until probably next fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I think that was like a backup plan. If we, if like we needed it, something changed with our situation where we needed like mm-hmm. help with childcare, but... I think for her, we were thinking fall for school. Yeah, and that was for her benefit. Yeah, but we quickly found... She was going crazy, and and you were getting driven crazy. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, just kind of, if we had thought about it very much, we probably realized she would be much more used to a setting with other children around. Well, and structure, too. Some structure, some routine. Mm -hmm. She's big into routine. She has really enjoyed that and thrived in that. Her teachers rave about how smart she is, and she's learning something new in English every day, bringing home all kinds of beautiful artwork for the fridge. (laughs) The fridge is, um, there's not a lot of blank space. The biggest blessing, I don't know, Laura... It feels like this is God, but I certainly, um, I was prepared. We were prepared to, you know, pay. It's not cheap to send your child to our daycare at our church. But I was had my checkbook out with our director there, and they had already had a meeting uh, that I didn't know about to say, well, we just feel like you're our pastor. We, we shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to pay anything for this. And I was like, well... Okay, <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> but yeah, that that was so huge. That yeah, was a big blessing. Yeah, so, and for her to love it is, I mean, obviously financial blessing, but yeah. for her to be so. Oh, I didn't tell you. One of her friends, Miss Brenda, brought one of her friends into my office with a party invitation for Anaya today. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, this is fun. This is fun. Um. She's, she is, uh, she loves her friends. That was the first thing when you would ask her when she started, did you have a good day at school? She would hold up however many numbers of hands and say, friend, friend. And she's, she's making friends. And she's kind of starting to string some words together, like into sentence. She um, is. She's getting there. Yeah. So, um, so what do you, at this point, we're like, what, a little over a month, like six weeks home? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What would you say have been some of the, let's go, let's go hardest first and then we'll close with easiest. <laughs> close on a positive. We've been some of the hardest parts of the transition to you home. sure you want to go there, Laura? <laughs> hardest, uh, again, like I, I mentioned this before, but watching you struggle the way you have uh, with I don't know whether it's expectations versus reality, but obviously a lot of heartache over there, over over, um, just maybe not being exactly what we had thought. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, we were really, I think we were both kind of holding out hope that her eye would be able to mm-hmm. uh, be restored, vision that it might be as easy as just clearing up a cataract. But uh, mm-hmm. obviously that is not the case. And so that, that was mm-hmm. a bit of a blow. Mm-hmm. Um, and also figuring out next steps that don't, I mean, I don't guess we've had an, we haven't talked, we haven't had an episode, but, um, basically we found out at the appointment that, uh, she could be a candidate for a tra- corneal transplant, but it would dramatically change 
her current lifestyle um, as well. At least during the, the recovery. Well, recovery. but even he said. That was if the corneal transplant didn't take and they had to do it. No, no, the recovery part of it. But then he said if she bumped it, even after the other one, mm-hmm. that it could, she could lose her. Anyway, we just didn't get the best news about that. It doesn't sound that. like a great option. No, it didn't. Yeah. And so just, you know, when you think about your five-year-old who is, to say the least, I mean, to be an understatement, to say she is active. Mm-hmm. She um, is very active and having to be not active for a period of time to let it heal, but then also having to be more careful and more, you know, just more aware. Anyway, so we basically, our decision at this point is kind of a weight decision where we got her some cute pink glasses that she's supposed to be wearing when she's outside playing, um, just to protect her other eye. Um, since we know that this one, the, the other one. And then he told us, too, that the vision that would be restored would, I think he called it ambulatory, basically. Yeah, basically. Just no. mo- mobility. It's not going to be like a um, full. So anyway, so we're just dealing dealing with that. And then, obviously, the dental aspect of it, um, that is going to be pretty extensive and um, require some, sounds like, some surgery. Um, it's just a lot. So what about the easiest? What have been the easiest things? Let's close with the positives. Uh, positives, again, the last week, week two, have been really good, having turned a corner, even though she doesn't speak a lot of English. Still, I found it remarkably uh, refreshing how similar it was with raising... Uh, the boys when they were that age and dealing with them and just teaching them things, taking them places, having fun with them. I missed having having one that little. Uh, I loved that time when the boys were that age and I like I like Anaya being this age. It's fun mm-hmm. now that she will accept my existence as a human being person <laughs> that, that lives in her space. Uh, uh, it really is, is fun. And Suzanne uh, next door came by and saw us playing, just said how happy it made her to see me and my partner in crime. That's kind of, I feel like I have a new buddy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I noticed she did not let her help. Fix the toilet yesterday. He didn't want to go there. Go there yet? We're not there yet. No, she's, she's, I didn't even tell Riley how to fix the toilet. Yet. He has to learn. Uh, I would say for me, I know this is about you, but um, I would say for me, the easiest part's been with the boys. Just like mm, how yeah. quickly she has um, gone from being entertained by them to like just kind of falling in step with even like the aggravating and the sass that she throws at them and to mother's uh delight mm-hmm. wrestle time has not had to been put on pause or mm-hmm. anything because she's she's right in there with it and mm-hmm. so mom loves that mm-hmm. big fan of wrestle time around here mm-hmm. yeah get those glasses on protect that eye would you <laughs> oh my gosh okay so anything else that you would want to add what what advice would you give um Adopting 
like dads in process, what advice would you give? Don't do it. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, again, I don't know that I am one to give advice. Um, every every situation I would suspect is is different depending on the child and your family and all that. But uh, not feeling like I've gotten anything right here. Uh, but um, I don't know. I don't know if your marriage is like ours, but if your wife is is the one doing most of the work, which uh, from talking to other couples, that might not be that that we're the only couple where that is the case. Um, and she's the one taking, uh, usually comes along with more emotional baggage as well. Uh, I don't know if it's good that I stayed less so or bad, uh, but all I can tell you is that I did not get as emotionally involved in the whole process until it was a done deal. And we're still alive. I don't know. <laughs> we're here. So do that or not. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, having heard you say that for the first time today, I would say, if you're listening to this and you're a dude, you should communicate that to your wife. You should tell her that that's your your MO in the process, that you're kind of like protecting your heart a little bit. I think it will help her understand maybe some of your, um, what come, what may come across to her as lack of give a rip <laughs> about some of the things. Um, maybe that can give her some perspective so that she understands a little more where you're coming from, I would say. I was just scared to, if I, if I went where you were and the whole thing fell apart, like I said, just felt like there was still a possibility that it might, that, that again, that would destroy both of us. And, uh, and so I, somebody had to, you know, still be able to go on if that were to happen. <laughs> so. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, um, this has been fun. Thanks for giving and of your time and of your insight and your expertise in all things adoption for us today. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Well, I hope that was helpful. Uh, Jeff is definitely not one that loves to do the podcast or uh, be put on the spot and ask questions. So I am very grateful for his <laughs> willingness to have this conversation. And hopefully, like we said, if you're walking through it or wanting to walk through it or walking through it and and maybe not walking through it, but muddling through it. Maybe, maybe this will be helpful for you and your um, spouse uh, as you figure out what adoption looks like for you guys. So um, we'll be back in two weeks. Have a good one, y'all. Settle down, girls.